The topic this morning is, how can you love God? And this comes from John's first letter. He that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God, whom he hath not seen? God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about that this morning. Because in this world, it appears to be a very dangerous thing to love. If we love too much, we will lose. That's the lesson that's held up before us and shouted to us from every corner of the world. Don't love too much. Someday your child will become an adolescent, become surly. And where will you be? Or someday your child will grow up and go out to find someone better to live with, someone younger, someone more beautiful. Or your guppy will die. <laughs> and there's much tragedy in these relationships. And as we talked about it last time, we all know people who have been good friends for half a lifetime. And all for some romantic play. They, they leave family and and their best friend, and they go out and attempt some grand romantic play. And this happens after years and years and years of what may seem to be a very stable relationship. Or someone dies and leaves us. Or a best friend becomes attracted to another sphere, people who move in another sphere from the one we move in. And now we no longer have our best friend. And so what's the lesson? The world says the lesson is, do not love too much. The more you love, the more you are going to be hurt because these things are inevitable. They will come in one form or another. And indeed, they are inevitable. And they do come in one form or another. But it is not the loving that hurts. It's the expecting that hurts. Our expectations drive us crazy. And do not think that you have escaped this. You have expectations about every single solitary relationship in your life, whether it's with your dog or your doctor or your therapist or some new employee. It doesn't matter. Even a newborn baby shouldn't hiccup too much in the womb. Hiccuping too much, Dad, what do you think? It should come out easily, and it should come out the right sex. 
which at the moment is female. A few years back, it was male. Now everybody wants a girl, and their girls are more spiritual, and so uh, this is, of course, widely known. And there's tremendous disappointment because, oh, I, I think I told you that Gail and I have a lot of internationally known psychic friends. The ones that appear on the cover of Star and <laughs> inquired about. And uh, although we did not ask, it's never a good thing to ask these, but we, it, there was much volunteering on both of our children. And in both cases, it was absolutely unanimous with all of our psychic friends. In both cases, we would have a girl. <laughs> I relayed this to one of my Santa Fe friends, and he said, yes, I've noticed this about psychics. Evidently, 50-50 odds is not good enough. <laughs> and we were both shocked. <laughs> We'd actually uh, believe the reports. It's amazing that we believe in the second time also. <laughs> it's got to come out the right sex. The little baby should sleep through the night. It should nurse or drink its little bottle well. It should not have colic. And the little fish that we buy should not die. But this is the thing that guppies do best. <laughs> and we have this unreal expectation. It should swim happily in the water and eat the food it's given. If it hides behind something, there's something wrong with it. And the new employee should do everything that we want, meet all of our needs, never complain, and accept minimum wage gracefully. <laughs> this is America. So let me ask you to do something with me. Close your eyes and pick any relationship. Perhaps you'd like to pick the one that seems to be preoccupying you most at the moment, the one that seems to have most of your attention from day to day. And bring this person mentally before you now and just look at this person. Just look at them. Look at everything about them. They're political opinions, their dress, their body, their mannerisms, their age, their occupation, anything that comes to mind, and look carefully at your thoughts for expectations. You have had expectations of this person for as long as you have known them, and they have not been fulfilled. Now just look them over and see where you have placed these expectations. They shouldn't do this, they shouldn't do that. Why can't they learn this? And so forth.
Now, this should be done for a longer period, but I want you to open your eyes now and realize that expectations undermine. There is no way to love if you expect. An expectation is looking for something instead of at something. Many of you have seen little children, and perhaps you can remember this in your own case when you were a child. Many children develop a liking for a particular kind of toy quite early. Right now it's robots. So if you're buying presents for children this Christmas, it's a safe bet to get them a robot. But whatever it is, the child has, has had something recently and has received pleasure from it, and this is the only thing that the child wants. So what happens on a birthday or on Christmas is the child opens the package, and being openly honest, as all children are, you can see the disappointment, the sharp disappointment in the child's face. It's a board game. <laughs> the child doesn't even know what a board game is. But notice that the child, in looking at the board game, sees the board game is ugly and unwanted. Why? Because the child is looking for something instead of at something. And this is the key to enjoying relationships, <clears throat> to remain in the present. Children are excellent teachers of this. It's just in the little ways that the ego begins to creep in, as it, of course, does more and more with every child, that we can see sometimes a very helpful example. Because the same child can go to a playground, have no expectations of other children, or very little, and make friends with total strangers, a whole group of strange children, and be playing with them with complete abandon within just minutes. The reason the child can do that is it does not expect them to be a certain way, and it does not believe that it must stay on guard, constantly on guard. We do believe this. We think every relationship can hurt us and that we can worry this away. <laughs> and so there are all these useless questions that circulate and circulate in the mind. Will I, should I go to a nursing home or should I live with my children when I become incapacitated? Will this close feeling that I that that's between my child and me, will it end at adolescence? Will my spouse die before I do? And on and on and on and on. Almost all of these questions that we hold, should I get a divorce, is one I hear all of the time. How is there any possibility of commitment? to a relationship, to a marriage, if that question is circulating in someone's mind. And you can be sure, if it's circulating in your mind, that there is a counter-question circulating in the other person's mind. Will I be left? Am I going to be left at any moment? And so where's the hope? And all this arises from expectations. 
Why would anybody entertain the question, should I get a divorce over and over, day after day, week after week, month after month? If some expectation was not being fulfilled, An expectation is looking for something instead of at at something. And yet, if you cannot love your brother and sister whom you have seen, what possible chance do you have of awakening in God whom you have not seen? And so how do you do it? You must find a way to lay aside all these sad, sad pictures and expectations. And the only way to do that is to take your relationships as they are, in hand, and gaze at them in the present, and not ask these questions, and not compare, and shed, shed, shed these expectations. Let them drop away. Expectations, like cataracts, must be removed. There is no way to see around them. You cannot leave one in place and expect that place in your heart to be filled with love. Expect nothing, want nothing of your spouse, your child, who has to be intelligent, has to make good grades, and has to have, has to be pleasing to both friends and adults has to wear its hair a certain way and be polite in a certain way. How can you love your child if it's not measuring up? And measuring up to what? To what insanity? Of course, in miracle says, you look straight at Christ and do not see him. And so do it now. Close your eyes with me again, once again. And these expectations, just maybe one or two that you unearthed in those few seconds of this relationship, see if you can't let those go now. How do you let them go? Any way you choose. Hand them to Jesus. See him smile and thank you as he takes them from your hand and lightens your load. Wash them away with a river of light. Shoot them up in a rocket. Brush them away. With your eyes closed, perhaps you would like to to see these expectations as strings, strings attached to the relationship. With a golden pair of scissors, cut each string, each expectation. You expect how your spouse is supposed to chew, how your spouse is supposed to wipe his or her mouth You expect not to be interrupted. You have been interrupted for 23 years. And you still expect not to be interrupted. 
Okay. Open your eyes. Now, if you've noticed, there are more bodies here today. And uh, I explained this phenomenon uh, last time after a consultation with Manny, Dr. Manny. And uh, he said that this, of course, is what happens. The ego always expects, expects more of an ending. But, of course, there's always less. There's always less. Now, I told you the analogies that he gave of, that, that came from flipping patties and putting on special sauce and sprinkling sesame seeds and so forth. But, as you know, not only does Dr. Manny have his ministerial school in New Claude, Texas, but he has his therapeutic massage parlor and uh, his retirement home for chickens. And he had some other analogies. So I wanted to tell you, this service, the one next, in which will be an ordination service, and then the last service, which will be Thanksgiving, which there'll be, people will express their gratitude from the floor. These last services that Gail and I will participate in uh, are like all last things, says Manny. We, uh, Gail and I have chickens, and we occasionally, we, we have a friend who feeds them, likes to feed them, and uh, feeds them whether she likes to or not. <laughs> And then occasionally we feed them too. And it's interesting to uh, take down your bag of leftover things to feed the chickens. Uh, it's interesting what they like. Pe chickens love peas. So when you sprinkle all the stuff on the... Uh, well, as a matter of fact, chickens also love chicken. Isn't it, isn't it awful? Uh, we're not that way, are we? Um... <laughs> Uh, so they eat uh, the green leafy vegetables are left for last and they're sort of soggy and wilted they've been in the plastic bag in the refrigerator too long this is like the last sermons perhaps there is some iron content still left in the <laughs> greasy leafy green vegetable but who's going to find out <laughs> you know? Or, to draw from the analogy of, uh, of the massage. You've finished your massage, and you ask the massage therapist to please give you a little extra work around the shoulder blades. You're feeling a little tense. And so what does the Santa Fe massage person do? Of course they don't work around the shoulder blades. They will either work on the bottom of your feet or your ears. <laughs> And they'll explain to you that this is where all the nerve endings from the shoulder blades go, you see. So the last service is like an itch behind the shoulder, and you get only a scratch on the ear. And if you will expect 
nothing from these last three services that Gail and I will do, then perhaps you will take a little something. But if you expect a lot, you will take nothing because expectations are the great blinders that we have on this world. Expectations are a veil of mourning and loss that we lay over everything that we behold. If we had no expectations, we could live in the world and still be happy. We could accept our little baby, our little child, our adolescent. If, if you had a conversation recently with a parent and you found yourself angry, you have an expectation. Do you see that? You have an old expectation and something irritated you just a little bit about the conversation. Why did it irritate you? Because you expected this parent to be different. Isn't that clear? How could you be irritated if you didn't expect the parent to be different? And how long have you expected the parent to be different? And of course, the parent can't be different. The older child cannot be different. The cleaning woman or cleaning man cannot be different. No one can be anything but where they are taking the step that they must take and to expect anything else of an animal or a bird or a street cleaner or the city parks department is to be utterly deceived. This world doesn't work and it still surprises us. And so look at it gently. What, if a, if a relationship cannot meet your expectations, what can it give you? Because this is where we think it will give us something. The new baby will save the marriage. The new puppy will renew the child. The child is sad. Get the child a new puppy. It doesn't work. It works only for a moment. A young man will renew an old woman. A young woman will renew an old man. And on and on and on. All these expectations. The new doctor will be, how will the new doctor be? Of course, the new doctor can't be anything except what he or she is. The new job. What expectations do you have of the employer? The employer cannot be anything but what the employer is. And so what can the relationship give you? It cannot meet your expectations because those come from your past. They come from your ego. They're a veil of tears. They're the only thing that hurts you. They are the one source of pain. What then can you have? from your relationships. My friends, you can have God.
you can come home. You can awaken in Christ. That's what your relationships can give you. Any one of them has that potential. And how do you receive that potential? By instead of expecting to see innocence. And so please do that with me now. Please close your eyes once again and take this person. First you saw a few of your expectations and then you released those expectations. And now see innocence. This is just a person or an animal or a child or whoever it is that you have before you. Look at them now. This is just a face. These are just eyes. That is just a body. This person had parents too. They were laughed at on the playground just as you were. They had their little foot stuck with a needle just when they, after they came into the world, just like you did. And little drops put in their eyes that hurt. And they didn't know what was happening. And they've seen loved ones come and go, just like you. And they were taught the wrong lessons about money and possessions and time, just like you and me. And see them now as innocent. This is your brother, your sister. See them as innocent. Just a body. Just someone walking home to God, just like you. They've taken so many steps. They have a few to go. What difference does it make how many? If you can see them as innocents, you will see the face of Jesus Christ before you. But you must first see them as innocent. Okay, open your eyes. Stay in the present. See people as innocent. Stay in the present. Don't ask what's going to happen. If you have this question of should I get a divorce, ask yourself, should I take the first step toward getting a divorce today? That is a question you can answer. If the answer is no, I don't want to take the first step required in getting a divorce today, then commit yourself totally to this marriage for 24 hours. And then tomorrow, if you wish to ask the question again, ask it again. If you can commit yourself to this job for one day, if you can, can commit yourself to this child, for one week, for one month, then do it for one week, for one month. But do it with all your heart. Put the question out of your mind, at least in the present. 
because you look straight at Christ and do not see him. Where else do you think you're going to see God except shining in somebody's face? And it doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter if it's your ex-husband. It doesn't matter if it is your child who died. It doesn't matter if it's the neighbor's dog. You will see the face of Christ somewhere first. And it will be because you are, in, you are willing to see this one individual as innocent. So let us not tell ourselves that this is complicated. A part of God has stepped forward. An angel from the heart of God has come to lead you home. And all you have to do is see the angel is innocent. Not as right. Just not to compare. Just to look at the person as if seeing them for the first time. And so practice this. There is no fancy way home. There's just the people before you. So practice. Let go of expectations. Drop them over and over and over. Write them down. Sit down. Take the person. Sit them in a chair mentally and say what's on your mind to them mentally or out loud and see what your expectations are. What I wish you would do so and so is and see what you expect of them. But be certain that you get out of your chair and sit in the empty chair and answer yourself back and see what they expect of you. Now, we don't think we can live under someone else's expectations. That's only because we have expectations of that person. If you see the person as innocent, it doesn't matter how many expectations they have of you. It will not disturb you. Does it disturb you that a little puppy wants to be played with all the time and barks and barks every time you walk by its little box? No, you see it as innocent. You smile at it. You do not feel badgered or, or uh, uh, your power is taken from you or something. It's just owning our own power. You haven't been dis you're not dispossessed of your own power because the puppy wags its tail and you can see it wants to play. It will do this every time it catches and it's it sees you. It wag its little tail. Do you feel oppressed by that? You're not going to stop what you're doing every single time the puppy wags its tail and play with it. This is not what's called upon. This is not what's uh, called for. So don't tell yourself that someone else's expectations are hurting you. They are not. It is your expectations of them that makes their expectations hurt. If you see them as innocent, and you can do this if you will work at it, set aside a period every day of 20 minutes, of 10 minutes, and work at it until you are free of expectations. Use any trick you need to. Go over it and over it in your mind 
until this person is brushed free of all expectations and you just see them as they are. It's just a dog. It doesn't have to be the perfect watchdog. How many perfectly good relationships have you seen wasted, especially at this, at this period that we're going through? Perfectly nice people thrown aside because they weren't special enough. This insanity doesn't have to continue in your life. Take the people in your life as they are. This doesn't mean you have to meet their ego demands. This doesn't mean you have to go to the party they invite you to or do the errand they ask you to run or lend them money. It doesn't mean any of that. It means all you have to do is see them as innocent, to take them as they are, to not want them to be some other way, to talk some other way, to chew some other way, to gossip some other way, to opinionate some other way, to vote some other way. Don't want anything of them. This comes from your ego. Look at them the way Christ looks at you. Do you think Jesus whispers, don't vote that way? (laughs) Do you think your father cares about these silly things we get caught up in? Of course not. Of course not. So look through the eyes of Christ, the eyes of innocence, the eyes of gentleness. Make no demands on anyone. Support your friends and your children, even in their mistakes. Adolescence is a time for making mistakes. The child is now ready to make mistakes. Step back a little bit and let it make mistakes. Protect it from something that's going to kill it or something. Support your friends, even in their mistakes. Why do you think your your spouse has stayed with you so long? You think this is some sort of coincidence? Do you really think he just doesn't want to pay capital gains? (laughs) Now, I told you that there would be a test, and you thought, well, that old joker, Hugh, and you thought I'd forgotten about it. But see, next time we're going to ordain who? <laughs> One of the questions. And uh, then Thursday will be the Thanksgiving service. So this is the last opportunity. So please take out your pencils. And uh, well, here's the first one. You should already know this. We've covered this. Who is Manny? <laughs> Multiple choice. A. Reverend Moon's younger brother. <laughs> Minnie Mouse's younger brother. A small freezer made by the Amish. <laughs> the fast order cook who gave Hugh a start. Oh, got that. All right. All right, second question. Some of you do not have your pencils. Remember, (laughs) 
At the dispensable church, spiritual pencils are permissible. What is a dispensapalian? One who studies buried crystals. As in paleontology. I'll explain these to you. This what is a dispensapalian? The pharmacist at an Episcopalian hospital. <laughs> C. One who profits from the pelts of animals. <laughs> and D. A proponent of the Espanola look. <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> All right. Now, this one I know you can get. Especially those of you who are here for the first time have not been brainwashed. <laughs> this is a fill-in-the-blank. So, yin, Y-I-N, yin and blank. Yin and blank. Now, I will give you the multiple choice. Yin and yout. Um, yin and yenta. Now, watch this next one carefully. Yin and tonic. <laughs> I knew you'd get that one right. So. All right, another fill in the blank. Lao, will some say Lao Tse and some say Lao Tzu? We're going to say uh, this is Lao Tzu. Lao Tzu. Lao Tzu is blank. Lao Tzu. A. Shrimp with fried rice. <laughs> the Japanese word for sneeze. <laughs> Lao Tzu is blank. What comes after Lao One? And D, one of the above. <laughs> okay. Um, now, as I say, next time we're going to have a ordination. So I'll ask you just, we'll close the test with this. What is a Dr. Marilyn? A. A psychic surgeon from Raton. <laughs> I just love Raton. <laughs> I try to figure out what people say when they, where are you from? And what they could do. Maybe they could say Raton. <laughs> or uh, just as they did in Claude, Texas, maybe the people of Raton will go out and found new Ratones. <laughs> or, um, Rodencita. <laughs> <It's a test>. <laughs> <laughs> what is a Dr. Marilyn? What you say 
if the only association with gun that you can think of is son of a. You see, it's Marilyn Gatlin. Gatlin gun. <laughs> Dr. Bronner's younger sister. <laughs> and D, the only dispensapalian minister with an education. <laughs> All right. How much does John have to raise the mic after Tui? <laughs> now, if you've been if you've been observant, you'll know the answer. It's one cubit. <laughs> and they say this church is not biblically based. Uh, and then the last question is, what is Tui's last name? <laughs> well, since you failed, you're going to have to come back for three more years. So please come next time, and you will see your new ministers get it. And they're going to give a little talk. And... Uh, So y'all come. Now let's close our eyes. And look, take all of your relationships now. and put them in a box, all of them. The pets, the children, the animals, the older children, the, the parents, the grandparents, the in-laws, employees, the employers, the clerks, the filling station attendants. Your eyes closed. Take them all now and put them in a little box which sits at your feet. Put them all in there. And see if you can't, just for a moment, look at them at a, as, a, as a litter of puppies yapping and biting each other's tails trying to get to the food first. And notice that you smile at this little box of puppies or pussycats or lizards, whatever you like. You see how innocent the little puppies are <clears throat> because you expect nothing of them. Look now at your relationships. See how innocent they are. Look at them the way God, like the sun, shines down upon them.
and blesses them and helps them, each and every one. He will bring them the short way home if there's just a little left or carry them all the way if there are many, many steps left. God does not care. And you, my friend, are God's representative on earth. Where else will Christ be if not in your heart? And so today, Become a saint. Become a representative of God. Resolve that from this moment on you will see everyone as innocent. You will have no expectations, no demands, no wanting of them. You will seek only their peace, not something from them. Only their happiness, not something from them. All you want is to help them a little. Because they are part of you and part of God. See them as innocent. And as you gaze... Perhaps you see Jesus smiling back.